0: You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Welcome to Lessons from Lockdown, our podcast series where we're exploring the kinds of things that we're learning in this time of lockdown and what God might be saying to us. Today, we're really excited to be interviewing Steve Chalk, Steve is the founder and leader of Oasis. Steve, it's great to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Joe. it's great, Enjoy, enjoying it already. (laughs)
0: Great. So one of the things that we've been asking people to do on this podcast is just think about um, perhaps four different areas that I know you know about already. So maybe let's just just go one one by one. Tell us, through lockdown, what have you learned, do you think, about yourself?
1: I've learned so much, so it's hard to boil down. One of the things I've learned—I guess I've learned lots of the things that we've all learned uh, about uh, being in lockdown. But one of the things I've learned is that I'm not the same as everybody else. We're all different, of course. We all knew these things to to start with, and um, I uh, tend to be very um, task orientated. You know, I'm kind of give me a vision and I'm after it. (laughs) You know, that type of thing. And I have learned again that I need to listen to other people and go at their pace and hear what they've got to say rather than just say, hey, I've got this wonderful idea about what we can achieve right now. And, uh, and that's, I've learned that lesson a thousand times before and I'm learning it all over again because somehow I never seem to quite learn it enough. So that's, that's one thing that I've learned about me, listen. Somebody said a long time ago, there's a reason why you've got two ears and only one mouth. And I sometimes think that I operate on about three mouths and only half an ear. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: got a weird, weird picture in my, my mind now. <laughs> yeah, I love what you said about um I think sometimes so often the new lessons that we learn are, are just old lessons that we have kind of you know need to like you said it's kind of yeah. that constant yeah. Re-learning yeah. Level of Yeah, yeah,
1: but I th- I think um I mean this sound this sounds uh, uh, um, arrogant but I think a great strength that I have inherited from my parents particularly my mum is. Uh, determination, resilience, the ability to keep going in the face of you know overwhelming odds against you, and I I I got that from my mum. I know because of the life that she lived. Um, but every every strength has a downside, doesn't it? And the downside of the ability to keep going, resilience, you know, never give up, is the downside of it is that you keep going, you're resilient, and you never give up, and yeah, and sometimes you need to stop, you need to listen, you need to allow everything to breathe a bit more. So I'm learning that.
0: Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what about, um, what, you, what are you learning about, what have you learned about your community, do you think?
1: I'm, I'm learning about community, um, that this virus just highlights everything, doesn't it? It's not that COVID-19, coronavirus, the coronavirus crisis, has cr- creates any of the complexities we see around us either internally or externally. It just highlights them all. It, um, points, uh, 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 it, it points to them again, doesn't it? And I think what I'm learning again is about community is the best and worst of people. Um, you see, um, people who really, you know, turn their backs on everyone else just to just, for what they can get out of the situation. But the most extraordinary kindness in the whole of humanity as well, um, uh, just all around me in the community where I live, but also in the global community, as you listen to extraordinary stories of, of service and self-sacrifice, uh, it just it makes you cry, doesn't it? the, the, the care that people have uh, have for one another and i I think um, in my community here locally, where I live and the uh, the church communities though i shouldn't stray into that too much because you can ask me what I learned about i've learned about about uh, church. Um, what I learn about uh, community here is a strange thing a- about a month ago, um, because Oasis is involved in schools i um, I talked to the BBC that I think they talked to me I you know answered their questions and I said I think we should get our primary schools back it's probably more than a month now so we should get them open again well at the time this was seen as hugely controversial and it kind of plunged me into all sorts of uh you know, media stuff and, you know, people for me, against me, all the rest of it. And I kept saying, you know, the reason I think this is important is because I think COVID-19 picks on the poor and the disadvantaged. It picks on those with less space, less privilege. Uh, less access to digital equipment, people who are locked in and shut in, who don't have lots of um, rooms to um, isolate for one another, from one another, even for a half hour for a bit of peace. Uh, people who are packed in, people without gardens, all that kind of thing, and um, and that was all kind of oh yeah yeah no not so sure about that. And if schools go back, what matters is kids going back so they can do maths and English and history because they're missing out and they need catch-up education. Well a strange thing happened to me um, Monday before last it was the BBC Radio 4 rang me up and a, a, re- a researcher that I'd spoken to a month ago he rang me and he said well he came on the program we'd like to talk about why we need to get our schools back because of uh, because the issues around mental health for young people and their social and emotional development and I joked with them I said a month ago you told me that was rubbish. <laughs> he actually said to me, yeah, but it's four weeks later now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think I learned through, through all of that, through all of this, that we need one another. We are community animals. Human beings are, we're not made to be on our own, are we? We're made to relate. All of our learning takes place in terms of relationship. We learn from people. Um, I heard somebody answering the question this morning, who was your favorite teacher at school? Well, your favorite teacher is always the person that you learn most from about the whole of life, not just maths and history, but how to be a human being, how to treat other people. So we learn again, don't we, that education is more than academics. Education is about becoming human being fully human, and and that pushes me back to, to what I believe my whole life's about. It's about creating opportunities for people to be together and become, fulfil their potential, their God-given potential.
0: Yeah, great, yeah. And I think, it, like you were saying, I, I think you and, and quite a few other people have said about, you know, how it's kind of, um, you know, we're all in the same storm, but we're certainly not in the same boat. Um, yeah. and that idea of it kind of highlighting those inequalities, as well as um, as well as how we need each other, and yeah, so quite a mixed bag. Mm. So you you hinted to it there, but yeah, you know that the next the next question is kind of about what you what you've learned about church, I guess. So yeah, what do you think you've learned about church?
1: What I've learned about church is that churches have such a central role to play in every community. Such a central role to play in every community. But the church needs to wake up to the role that it could have to play in every single community. So once again, I've seen wonderful examples of churches stepping up and investing themselves for others. And then I've seen terrible examples of churches still in this crisis concerned about their own spirituality and their own spiritual journey, talking about in their own language to themselves In coming in on themselves rather than pushing out uh, uh, for others. And that's been uh, a terrible shame. I've, I've seen, uh, seen tragically, because of some of the big projects I'm involved in, churches of different denominations squabbling with one another over meaningless kind of bits of doctrine that seem very important to them, rather than facing out to their communities. I've seen some churches refuse to work with others um, in this. We'd work with you, but you're the wrong type of Christian, so we can't work with you in this community to deliver meals. You'll have to do your own thing and we do our own thing because we're divided. It's hard to believe, isn't it? But it is true. I've witnessed in this crisis Christian groups that wouldn't work with Muslim groups. Truly, truly, I've come across that. And you think, What are we missing that Christ calls us to serve everyone regardless? So I, once again, I've seen the best of church and the worst of church. But looking to the future, what do we learn? We learn this, that unless churches can serve others in generosity without feeling the need to put a tract into every (laughs) um, box with a meal, then we've lost ourselves, haven't we? But if we can serve ourselves in the generosity that Christ, God's grace brings to us, then actually we have a future.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what, because I know that we've been both been involved in, you know, having you part of Oasis Waterloo and me part of Oasis Church Bath and we've kind of, been used to doing our Sunday services and then this thrust mm. us into sort of not being able to meet and so we've been doing the global gatherings which are still going on so for anyone that doesn't know about those so at 11 o'clock every Sunday we do a, a short online service which anybody's welcome to, to join in with but it's been quite an adjustment hasn't it going from meeting weekly in person together and doing these online services and I just wondered if there's anything that because people are saying aren't they you know this is going to change the church going forward and churches will have to sort of have some kind of online offering even even when we're able to meet again and what's your sense of of how this will change church do you think it will do you think we'll kind of just be like we were before
1: my my fear is that everyone would just revert to normal inverted commas about everything in terms of the economy in terms of ecology in terms of the gap between the rich and the poor and in terms of churches just settling back down into the ways they used to be but uh, there are enormous opportunities someone joke with me who's um, someone joke with me who I, I didn't really I'd, I got to know this guy in f- through um, this disaster that's uh, that's that's come to be but he was talking about um, he was talking about our global gathering. so this is this is really encouraging to you Joe and everyone else he said he tried several churches because he uh, you know output on Facebook or on uh, on uh, YouTube or whatever on Sundays their online offerings and he said he'd reached the conclusion having watched about half a dozen of these, he'd reached the conclusion that he was right to stop going to church. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause, wow. cause, but he had this spiritual longing, you know, and lots of lots of worry and concern and anxiety. So that's why he was going searching. But all it did, he told me, was reinforce to him the, the reason why he should have never looked to the church for help at all. And then he stumbled on our um, global gathering and and through it has found hope and has actually asked if he can be part of what we're doing ongoingly beyond the end of this in fact that story I've heard more than once in one way or the other so well done to everyone but we've got to keep going and and I do think you know um, in Bath as in Waterloo and elsewhere I've had a conversation with Nathan Jones who's the other minister in the oasis waterloo about we 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 always have for the last year i think we've um facebooked our our services our sunday gatherings live and but we need to step that up and uh, i you know buy more than one or two little cameras and we've just done it in a basic way and a little mixing desk none of these things cost a lot of money do they but uh, actually um they are going to make what we've got to offer much more widely available. Um, They encourage and engage people already who are part of our congregations because we're using their skills to do this. And they are a constant reminder to us that none of our language should ever be exclusive. It's got to be inclusive and it's got to be in plain English. And everything we say and everything we pray and everything we preach must make sense to everyone. Otherwise, it probably doesn't even make sense to half the people sitting in our buildings. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that I suppose that's kind of already what we're what we're talking about. So it leads nicely on to I think we kind of we've covered the world. (laughs) I kind of want to move on to talking about this idea of this new normal. And perhaps for me there, there's a sense of like the new normal for church being something that is more uh, inclusive, you know, not just in its accessibility through streaming, but you've mentioned language so what are some of the other things that you hope for when you think about what this new normal is going to look like?
1: I think that this new normal has to look like justice. It has to look like justice for everyone and I, I um, sent a tweet this morning actually just about the fact that uh, we have learned just recently that what we always all knew all, already that Covid-19 has picked on the poor. The COVID-19 has depleted the savings of the poor, we're told just today by the BBC. If there were any savings there, they've gone, and the poor have got into debt, um, high maintenance debt. Whereas, for those who are wealthy, they've saved money, more money, because they've not been going out and spending money in restaurants and in theaters, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, and on entertainment. Uh, they've, they've been eating at home and they've not been spending money on uh, air travel. So some people have actually got richer through this, uh, more comfortable, and many others have been exposed. And I know it's not just to do... Uh, With the rich and the poor because I think there are many people because of their businesses their line of work they've been made redundant they've been furloughed they're scared of being made redundant and we see again this great divide what we have to do is work for a world where where equality is offered to everyone it's an incredible thing isn't it we've been clapping all these drivers and carers and cleaners etc over these weeks well the post-COVID world, if we're going to ever have, have a post-COVID world, is going to be a hygienic world. So I'm just thinking in terms of the schools we run, you see. So we have, we're going to have to clean our schools to a level that we've not thought about before, and on a daily basis come September, if we're going to get any or, you know, most of our children back. But that means that the cleaning teams are going to have to work harder and cleaning teams tend to be some of the lowest paid. So if we value these frontline essential workers, now is the time to step up and show how much we value them, or our applause will just become an empty nothingness. That's just one example of how we need to change the map or change our true north or set things straight because they've not been straight they've not been in a good place
0: yeah absolutely yeah and it's about more than just clapping you know it's uh, like you say paying people proper wages and electing people who are going
1: to value um, and uh, yeah and, yeah and 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 again through this you know the black lives matter um, movement has tragically hit the headlines because of george floyd's murder um in America and we've seen what we've seen in this country as a response because these are all things that we've known for a long time but up they come again uh, because until we deal with this toxic legacy of colonialism and the slave trade and windrush etc um, etc cetera, et cetera, people of, of brown and black skin are going to continue to s- suffer in our society So. We've got to change the curriculum in schools around history once and for all. It's something we talked about so long and I'm always told it's so hard, but I'm determined this time, you know, we're going to change the history curriculum. How come uh, all of the greatest musicians in history happen to be from Europe? You know, and, uh, and, and how come? You know, the greatest poems and the greatest art is European. We have to address all of those things because we've got a doctored version of history. So we have to work to create justice in all these fields. And o- Oasis, as you know, works in Bristol, uh, just up the road from you. And I've been part of the uh, team, invited into a team, to talk about the resetting of Bristol and the, and the reopening of Bristol. And uh, Marvin Reese, the the mixed race mayor there, um, I've been, we meet once a week. We've been waiting for weeks and weeks with a small team of others to think about how we get the city open because we have eight schools there besides uh, besides anything else. And what I've learned through our discussions together in these recent weeks since the uh, Black Lives Matter thing again has hit our headlines, is that you don't change culture by, by taking statues down, because that's symbolic. Uh, I'm not arguing with, for us leaving the statues up, by the way, but we've all agreed in this group in Bristol, um, change, taking statues down is symbolic, but what we need to do is structural. We need to change the structure of society, and part of that might mean dealing with the statues, but we must never swap the reality just for the symbolism in any of these issues of the injustice that's in our society
0: yeah absolutely great well thank you steve we're coming to the end of our time but um loads there i think loads of learning and loads of learning for us all still to do isn't there but it's been great talking to you today so thank you for finding the time
1: thank you joe